Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Popper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First up, Dave the Alcadron Vader. How was your week, buddy? I had a really good week. I, I got a new job. It's very exciting. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got... I, that is exciting. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been trying to get a new job since, like, uh, March-ish. And I've just been stalwartly ignored by everyone nonstop. And <laughs> I had an interview last Monday, and they called me back for a second interview on Thursday, and they had given me the job before I left the building on Thursday. Like this, this place just moves real fast. I was nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Now, is this the one that we sort of chatted about uh, when it was just you and I on that one episode? It was like a month ago. I, I can't remember I, now. But I applied for this job like two weeks ago, so probably not. This oh, okay. is this is as a okay, so... as a math math high school teacher in my my local my my local town. So I awesome. I get to walk. Congratulations! To yeah, it's gonna be real nice. good. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations on that. And Thank then you. next up, we have our resident PDH PhD Liam from the Magic the Gathering news desk. What do you got for us? All right. So this week we have had a significant story development, Brad. If you have not Uh-oh. read the magic story yet, tune out or mute about the next 30 seconds. I have a timer, so I'm going to try and make this quick, okay? On Dominaria, uh, yep, no we have Jaya, Teferi, Karn, and Liliana. Otai has been resurrected. The Weatherlight has been corrupted by Phyrexians. The Raven Man, we have an identity. His name is Lim Dole. Rith has been reawakened. Aaron and Danatha's father, if you know the Capuchins, has been Phyrexianized. Braids is back. Shieldred is on Dominaria. We meet Darien the 48th and Slimefoot. Here is to defend the plane. Squee has given up his immortality and that's all we got. You say that's all we got, but that, that's a hell of a lot of stuff, I think. Nah, it's, it's only a few things. Minuscule details. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of knew what was going on with Lim Duel, but I'm excited. He was he was one of my favorite characters from back yeah, in the minuscule day. Minuscule details, nothing too nothing too big. Yeah, just sort of the, the cast of characters, if you will. Are that, you a big, uh, that's super exciting. big lore guy? Oh, I'm big in the lore. And like the, the like, like you know, I'm not like a, a Vorthos outspoken person, but like I appreciate the lore and the story and... To say that, like, this story has just every every installment, both side story and main story, has had me on edge of my seat. So it's exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. Now are they gonna? Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, go ahead. I I did I did forget one little story thing, but this one is is not a a major named character. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with my profile picture, the uh, student at the I believe it's Teleria West on Frantic Search has updated more. His name is Ulf. And he is a transfer student at the School of Latnam on Dominaria. Uh, and this is currently day two of waiting for an Ulf creature code. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've been uh, watching your, your Twitter feed. You sort of went into a little diatribe about him. That was yeah. awesome. He, he's, he's now uh, objectively my favorite character in Magic. Now, I haven't really followed much of the Magic storyline in, in a long time. I sort of just get the snippets and the TLDRs, if you will. <laughs> Is this the the Dominaria stories they're kind of putting out there? Is this are they going to wrap it up, or is it going to be told the rest of the story told through the cards? Like how does um, that work? So I believe the way that they, you know, after two and a half years of, of story kerfuffle, 
Um, I believe the way they're currently doing it is some cards will still have the story spotlight text on them in the bottom left where like you would normally see like promo or whatever but they don't mm-hmm. have a numbering order so like if you remember back in like the college days they were like story spotlight one of five two of five to tell you the order they don't tell you the order they, they oh, don't okay. tell you the order anymore um the story for the most part will wrap up before uh the, the spoilers actually start there will be like a few like little details kind of shown on the cards um or like you know little battles that really didn't get uh the the main story spotlight like i think uh there was some artwork spoiled today that shows uh lyra dawnbringer but we haven't seen her in the story mm-hmm. yet so like you yep. know kind of giving us like background of what's happening to the characters um i do want to say something that i found interesting is when we were on dominaria in 2018 they showed us kind of like a snippet of where dominaria was today you know years after the great mending happened across the, the multiverse mm-hmm. and they left out a new archive uh, what what I, I can't say this, but I think it's I think it's what Keldor became, and this visit to Dominaria. While we will see some, you know, some some of the Lanawa uh, from from Yamimaya, we'll see some Keldins, right. we'll see some Shivins. Um, it really is focusing on New Argive and and their culture because we didn't see any of them in 2018. So oh, so okay. if if this set of Dominaria seems like a lot of the people are dressed similarly, they have similar style weapons. But you'll see some other cultures kind of in the background. That's why huh, it will seem like a more cohesive Dominaria set, kind of like what we got in the old days. Because you know, it literally uh, the start of Magic, each set you know takes place on Dominaria, but focuses on like a different cultural area of the plane. This is kind right, of returning exactly. to that vibe. We're going to be focusing on New Urgive, but we also have the other cultures in the background doing their thing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I wasn't sure you, you brought up old school Magic, and that's kind of what I had in my head. I mean, I know we don't really do quote unquote set block structure anymore a block structure anymore but you know like in the past when they would release a set but you wouldn't know who won the war until the third set came out that that sort of thing i didn't know if they're trying to go back to that or or, you know um well i think pay homage to that sort of structure i i think you know we've obviously strayed away from the days of two and three set blocks but i and and i we won't know more until this thursday when when they do the wizards presents uh uh feature which i i do intend to watch so i'll be able to give you a more complete answer uh next week what it seems to be is we have dominaria united and then there's the brothers war set which Mm -hmm. is supposed to be taking place in the past like during the brothers war kind of like you know, we, we had right. we had the set that came before Antiquities, and then we had Antiquities, and we didn't have the in-between of the actual Brothers War. So right. they're showing us what happened there. Uh, I've seen some fan theories that they're going to, you know, pull uh, an Avengers Endgame and, and MacGuffin out the Silex, right? Like, <laughs> Karin has the Silex, but if he loses it to the Phyrexians, they're going to pull it out of time, use it, stuff it back in time. You know, I, I'm not buying that. I think it really is just going to be a set from the past. Uh, showing us what yeah, happened in the Brothers that's War. That's how I feel too. Uh, to to give newer players that story because it really is. If you don't have access to the novels, it's hard to find that story. So I yeah. think that set really is just showing newer players what happened in the past, so that when we get to the Winter Set, which is codenamed Marathon, um, that's when we'll wrap up the Dominaria storyline of of what's happening. So I think we're going to see like some like a major plot twist cliffhanger thing here in the next two days, mm-hmm. and then we're going to be. Sure stuck on that until january okay because then yeah there there was they leaked or there was some teaser or spoiler about a dominaria united remastered set coming in in january yeah i i'm gonna wait to the presents to see that because i've seen like five different things that could be and i'm just like i i don't want to even want to touch that i don't want to get my hopes up (laughs) Um, right exactly yeah 
it's looking interesting so far well that wraps up this week of mtg lore (laughs) thanks everybody for tuning in uh but no um i think we had a pretty good episode last week talking to dallas about some creative ideas on deck building so i think we were going to sort of revisit that topic but more of a on a on an individual basis with the um in regards to deck building so we thought it'd be interesting to kind of see the approach that each of us here on the pod takes for a given archetype we're going to start with with what ended up being the most popular choice between the three of us with Voltron. I think it's a natural choice. I love it. For those of you out there that aren't totally familiar with this style of deck, Voltron is a strategy that generally looks to focus on one creature. Uh, In this case, it's usually going to be the commander and just make them as big as possible. As Dave says, you you embiggen them, throw as many auras (laughs) and or equipment on there, make them as tall as possible. You swing in for big damage and win the game that way. I'm more used to this uh, archetype, this strategy in 60-card popper, where we have things like Mono White Heroic that kind of focuses on Laguna Band Trailblazer. You know, I brewed a lot with Champion of the Flame, which always ended up terrible, but it was fun. And I think if there was a Voltron deck that fit into the Tier 2 Plus area, it'd probably be Slippery Boggle. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what do you guys think off the top of your head for like some well-known PDH Voltron commanders? Real quick before we get into that, I just want to make it clear. That was that was a great introduction. Okay. The, the one thing I want to emphasize is that we would like this to be sort of like an ongoing series that we do. Yeah, yeah. Where like, you know, today it's Voltron, but, you know, we might do this again for like Burn or Tokens or like Tricolor Commanders. Just some, something where we can all show up with one one deck and talk about the similarities and differences. So if you like that, please yeah, let us well know. Said. And if you think that that idea is stupid and you don't want to hear another one of these please let us know let that us know. as well. <laughs> we are uh, still figuring that out. Yeah, because it could be anything, like you said. It could be we just sit around and, and each brew up a, I don't know, a, a Jun commander, yeah. or like you said, tokens commander, or ninja commander, whatever. Yeah, so it could really be anything. It doesn't have to necessarily be a specific archetype. Yeah, uh, I so, someday someday I want to do one of these where we each bring our favorite legendary knight from Eldraine. Because, mm. like... Perfect. Yeah, it could, could be anything. <laughs> um... I, I do want to, to answer add a, your. I, I do want to add a bit of clarification to what Dave said. Um, if if you have something that you love about this series, like if if you love this series, let me know. And if you hate this series, tell Dave because it was all his idea. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, that checks out. Yep. Yep, yep, that does check out. So back to your uh, question, Brad. Um, well-known Voltron commanders. If I'm if I'm going to attempt to not spoil what is about to happen on the show mm-hmm. um sure other things that come to mind are uh bird horse i think is a is a i i in my heart of hearts i don't think of it as a voltron deck i think that it's very much a tempo deck but i've i've heard it being accused of voltron ish play kind of plays out that way a little bit a little bit what else is extremely voltron oh brunor brunor does voltron all day every day yeah okay Yep. Kazul's Toll Collector, Radiant, and or not Radiant, Arden. Arden is very Voltronish. You speaking of Dominaria, you have Danatha Caption and Valduk Keeper of the Flame from uh, last Dominaria set. Those are good ones. And then if you those are very if you good feel ones. like playing, you know, the two colors together, you have Tiana, Rayav, Cole, just a, a bajillion Boris equipment oh, commanders yeah. that can you know either be make a bunch of tokens and put one equipment on each of them and swing, or it can be Voltron, the commander and, or, you know, a, a, a evasion dude and, and swing. I, right. I always, I like, I like evasion dudes. I always overlook Cole because 
in in my mind he's a combo deck so <laughs> when people ask what's a voltron deck like he, he just doesn't come to mind at all that makes sense yeah and that's kind of the good thing about a lot of the legendaries that i've ever looked at or whatever is they can sort of straddle the line between two different archetypes mm -hmm. which i like so yeah we uh we all sort of sat down and decided that voltron specifically was going to be the topic of this episode and we um we each picked a different one and we're not necessarily going to do a deck tech as much as a uh, sort of a rundown of or a, a breakdown of what elements a Voltron deck needs and how we implemented those elements into our chosen commander, basically. Would that be a good way yeah. to say it? Mm -hmm. I think I think this is going to be a, a compare and contrast episode to, to explore yeah. how each yep. of us approaches a different Voltron commander. Yep. And then did we want to introduce our commanders first or just get right into it? Yeah, let's yeah, introduce think, our commanders. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I have chosen what I think is the, the quintessential original premier aura-based Voltron commander, and that is... My classic four mana zero one printed in 1994. Every, Legends, baby. Everyone's favorite creature type wombat, rabid wombat. Rabid wombat. Summon wombat. Summon that is fantastic. wombat. Wombat is a, uh, like I said, four mana zero one. Super, super classy. Yep. It has two abilities, which is not as many as you want in a four mana zero one, but it gets there. Right. Its first ability is Vigilance. I have no idea what Vigilance has to do with Rabies or this weird green card, but uh, it's 94. That's a zero one with Vigilance. They're still figuring it out. Uh, second ability is it gets plus two, plus two for each aura that's attached to it. That's solid. That's beautiful. That's and that's solid. it. That's the whole card. Like specifically attached to it, not yeah. on the battlefield, not that you control. Like everything you pile on this mad little beast makes it matter yeah that's amazing it's uh it's a good time yeah well i did we're gonna save liam's for last because even we don't know what that one is it's a surprise but yeah as a, as a surprise to probably nobody i went with orzov or more new newly known as silver quill i went with killian inked duelist i remember talking about it wasn't that long ago i talked about how i was sort of now that I've gotten heavily into PDH, I was sort of revisiting Strixhaven because for 60-card popper, there just there was like two, maybe three playable cards, and that was about it. The the set was pretty forgetful. Not forgetful. I don't forget what I'm trying to say, but this, you know, the Skylands were good. That was fine, whatever. But they had a couple playable cards. The campuses were good. Uh, but now that I'm back through the PDH lens, that set was really good for PDH. Like You can go pretty deep in that set, and that's kind of what Liam said a couple episodes ago. Uh, but I ended up going with Killian Inked Duelist. He is a single white and a single black, two mana, two, two. For a legendary creature, I don't often brew around actual legendary uncommons. Uh, human Warlock, he has greatest keyword ever, Lifelink. Second greatest keyword ever, Menace. And then this is where it really, um, really brings it home. He's got the ability that says, spells you cast that target a creature cost two generic mana less to cast and that is i i don't know where else to find that on an uncommon creature but it's amazing like that cost reduction can really just put you ahead of the game put you ahead of curve put you ahead of your opponents and it's any creature too it's not just oh here's a stack of auras that can only go on kill you know it, it doesn't say spells that you cast that target killian inked duelist it's any creature so I, I thought that was pretty awesome, and I've never played around in that sort of design space before, so I was pretty excited to get into this one. And it's an Orzov creature with lifelink, so I was sold. Yeah, I mean, that sounds solid. I'm a fan. And he's really, I mean, he's going to be a huge threat right away, I think, but because of his casting cost, he is pretty easy to cast at least three or four times. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Like, he's not going to be one of those 13, 15, 17 
mana commanders that you can't ever get back on the battlefield. Wait, wait. So I have to pay four mana for my zero one, while you are yes. only paying two mana for your two two. This this doesn't seem fair at all. It's power creep. It's 20, 2021 <laughs> magic, baby. All right. At least, at least my commander's old enough to drink. Your commander's only that is true. Like a year old. Here's a, it's like a baby. <laughs> He's not even walking yet. Probably can't even say his own name. All right. So I guess it's time for me to introduce mine. Uh, the reason I kept yes, mine a secret from you two is because I knew there was absolutely no way you would let this on the show if I told you. <laughs> so yeah, so mine, uh, mine comes all the way from 2018. It's five mana, four and a black for a 9-3 frog spirit. It's the button of Oborg himself, Yorgle. <laughs> this this frog does absolutely nothing, but he does have five lines of flavor text that make my opponents scared when they see him hit the field because they have to be like, wait, what does that do? And then I tell them nothing, and they're like, nothing. no, 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 I see the text. What does it do? So yeah, the whole box is yeah, full of words. What Yorgle does is uh, he was Belzenlock's lieutenant, uh, Yorkol. Uh, he grew too ambitious, and Belzenlock transformed him into a maggot. Uh, and then the frog that ate the maggot grew and grew until a ravenous spirit burst from its body. Wow, yeah. gross. That's amazing. He is. So... so it was Yarkul, and now it's exactly. Yargul. And, you know, he's Christ. everything you don't look for in a Voltron commander. You know, usually, so... usually you want your commander to, you know, maybe have some good stats. You know, a 5-mana 9-3 isn't too bad, but he dies to bolt. Um, so, you know, maybe sure. have some good stats, maybe have some kind of protection or evasion built on. Yorgul doesn't do that. You know, if you don't have that, maybe you want some kind of card advantage or mana reduction. Yorgul doesn't do that. At the very least, a way to make some extra bodies. Yorgul doesn't do that. So Right, but he does kill very I, fast. He does. And, you know, in it, I'll, I'll, I'll be transparent here. I was going to uh, finally brew and bring Killian, uh, but when you said you wanted to do Killian, I was like, you know what? I'll just <laughs> stick with Yargle, because I actually have this one built. <laughs> nice. Well, I appreciate that. I'm so glad you did Yargle, because I was I was thinking about Yargle literally 15 minutes ago, <laughs> when you were talking about Dominaria and saying, this one is going to take place mostly in New Argive. Yeah. I was, like, I, I wanted to interrupt and say, like, how could it take place in New Argive when the most important character on all of Dominaria lives in Urborg? I like, know, right? What are you, who's, <laughs> right? who's to decision was this and why was it so bad like i, I couldn't tell you but i was like no i'm not gonna interrupt him he's he's on a roll I'll, i don't need to bring <laughs> yargle into this episode it's kind of a stupid <laughs> thing anyway and then here he is yargle my boy and here he is my beautiful baby boy exactly. in this episode yep. i apologize for like all the dominaria theming to this episode it was not intentional. Right. That's just how it works out. <laughs> Rabid Wombat, also a native of Dominaria. Exactly. Yeah, all the way from Legends. <laughs> yeah, now that we got the introductions out of the way. Dave, since you are you have the OG commander, mm. do you want to start? you want to kind of give us what how we're breaking these down and then go ahead and start yours? I would love to. So the, the way that we want to structure this episode is we have sort of collectively decided that there are four really crucial things that a Voltron deck should do. And so we're going to go through these four things and we're each going to talk about how our commander or our, our, our deck really accomplishes these things and delivers the, the Voltron experience in its own unique way. The four things are, most important thing is in beginning. We're going to talk about how, yes. how to make your creature into a big angry threat. In my case, yep. that's going to be Auras. In Liam's case, it's going to be cast the spell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the next thing we're going to talk about is, oh alongside in beginning we're also going to talk about how to make it like you can't in order to be a threat it needs more than just power and toughness it needs some right. keywords in there if it can be chump blocked by a token we probably don't want it right 
if if your whole plan shuts down when your opponent casts totaling outburst, then you need a better plan. <laughs> right. So yeah, after that, we're going to talk about how to protect our beautiful baby wombats because they are going to draw some hate and you need to be able to stop mm-hmm. that. Uh, then we're going to talk about how to keep your hand full, how to do some card advantage plays that, that are going to work with your strategy. And then last, we're going to talk about how to do some control, how you prevent yourself from dying to some other people's board states while you amass your own big womber. Yeah. Exactly. That'll, that'll about wrap things up after that. Anything we want to add before I dive into how to make the wombat big? How do you make the wombat big? Yeah, I want to see it. You make the wombat big with... Green enchantments. It's really simple. Ooh, the thing <laughs> makes itself big. Like, y- you sit down and you read the card Rancor, plus two, plus <laughs> O, and Trample, and you think to yourself, this card would be better if it gave a Wombat plus four, plus two, and Trample. For a single green mana. It would be. It sure would. For a single green mana. So, a, yep. That's really uh, hard to get wait, rid does of. Does Rancor yeah. come back when the Wombat dies? It does. Wow. Ooh, even better. Even better. <laughs> Rancor is why Bone Splitter was printed. And like bone splitter is still kind of absurd, but it was, they were like, this is fine. Rancor is already a thing. Probably mistakes on wizard's parts. They're, uh, they're massive, huge impact cards, but the wombat does not run bone splitter. I'm not interested in putting equipments on the wombat. I am all auras all day long. Rancor, obviously. That's all it cares about. That's all it cares about. It's not interested in how many cards are attached to it. It's only interested in how many auras are attached to it. So Mm. you get some, you get some big ones. Uh, you get, you get your, your Moldervine cloaks for plus three, plus three. Secretly, it's plus five, plus five. You can get some, uh, hardened scales is the same. Oaken form is the same. Savage Silhouette, plus two, plus two, and regenerate. There's just, green has a lot of enchantments. It was sort of... So many. Yeah. Back back in like 94, for most of the 90s, green was the enchantments color. Mm-hmm. Like now it's mm-hmm. kind of shifted to green and white together. But back then it was, uh, it was very much green. Like the enchantresses were all green. Like all the really yeah. good creature enchantments were green. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of options. It's very easy to fill up, you know, 20, 20 to 30 slots worth of just creature auras yeah. in the Rabid Wombat deck in mono green. Yeah, you could just fill your curve for like the first five or six turns just on auras alone yeah so that's how i'm gonna make the wombat big how how will you how are you gonna make an ink duelist big Ooh, i will write it into being i think first off though it is an orzov creature it is white and black in its casting cost so the first card before or the second card i guess that goes into this deck right off the bat is edge of the divinity it's a enchantment all the way back from eventide that cares about your creature being white and or black in this case the duelist is both so it gets plus three plus three for a single mana you can pay a white or a black, and it gets plus three, plus three. So right off the bat, you got a 5-5 five, five for three mana. That doesn't provide any, any evasion, but it's super cheap. It's amazing. You know, Edge of the Divinity doesn't get the cost reduction from Killian yet. But after that, after you go up the curb a little bit, I'm looking at Dub. Dub is... Let me see where Dub's from. I forgot already. Dub is from M21 and the set Dominaria. For a for two generic and a white, you get an enchantment aura that says enchanted creature gets plus two plus two has first strike and is a knight in addition to its other other types. Not a great card. Even in PDH, it doesn't see a lot of play from what I've seen. But on Killian, that effect costs a single white. For a single white, you give it plus two plus two and first strike becomes a four four with first strike. That's gonna just take just about anything off the battlefield. It's an automatic. That that's a staple in any Killian deck as far as I'm concerned. And then you get things like Angelic Blessing that gives plus three and flying until the end of turn. Abzan Rune Mark gives a boost in power and toughness for one mana. That's basically what I started. When I pulled up Killian, I went right to Scryfall, and I looked up all the 
auras and instants and sorceries that can target a creature that costs exactly three mana. Yeah, exactly three mana, because I knew in my head that they would cost two mana or zero mana, you know, or one mana, sorry. And that's what I looked at, and that's where I found most <laughs> most of the deck, you know. Um, like I already said, Abzan Rune Mark gives a good buff. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Candlelight Vigil for one and a white gives plus three, plus two, and Vigilance. Siegecraft gives plus two, plus four for the same cost. Uh, and then another one from Strixhaven that I'm pretty interested in for this deck is Exhilarating Elocution. For two generic, a white and a black, you put two plus one plus one counters on a creature you control, and then it's an anthem for the rest of your creatures. All, all the other creatures you control get plus one plus one. So you throw two counters on Killian, you anthem the rest of your team, you swing in big, and essentially that's going to cost you a white and a black. So the, the cost reduction reduction is kind of silly when you think about it. It's almost like cheating. You know, they're just spotting you like two mana. You want to cast a spell? Okay, here's two free mana. There you go. I feel like I feel like in a format where like most of the the sweet spot of spells is all in the two, three, four range. Like mm -hmm. being able to at minimum cut all of that in half, and mm -hmm. sometimes just cut that by a third. Yeah, like it's unbelievable. That's a that's a massive <laughs> bonus. That is a huge bonus, especially for what's typically such a grindy color combination as yeah. white black. Um, you know, and then obviously you'll ha you'll have to have things like not even things, but you'll have to have ethereal armor in the deck, get pumped off all your enchantments. So, But that's how I would personally make Killian as tall and big as possible. I like it. Sounds let's uh, let's look at the other side of things. Uh, Liam. Sure. <laughs> if your commander was a 9-3 frog horror demon and you wanted to make him big, <laughs> tell us how you'd accomplish that. Yeah, so Yogol, as you stated, is a 9-3. So this, this, this Voltron deck is actually a little unique in the fact that when you run a Voltron deck, you know, you're, you kind of run it like a tribal deck where you run 20 to 30 cards that, you know, embiggen the commander. And this deck runs a grand total of 14. There's a couple different reasons for that. And I'll get to that, uh, you know, as we go down the, the, the rungs of the ladder of what we're talking about. But the, the main way that Yago gets big is through equipment. He does have a couple of enchantments uh, that, you know, make him incidentally bigger. Uh, but those fall under a, a different category that we're going to talk about. Uh, for the most part, but he does uh, get bigger through equipment. I do run a very low number of equipment that actually give a, a, a power or toughness buff because he doesn't need it. I just run, I tend to run the equipment that give him some kind of evasion. So the big ones are like Executioner's Hood gives him Intimidate. Uh, Whisper Silk Cloak gives him sh uh, a Shroud, which can be difficult to walk with uh, and makes him just straight up unblockable. Uh, Varak Battlehorns gives him Trample and the opposite of Menace, saying can't be blocked by more than one. Uh, you know, you get the you get the idea with Fleet Feather Sandals, uh, Bladed Pinions, Hover Sail, Cobbled Wings, all giving Flying. Uh, you've got some that in here that give First Strike, some that give Vigilance. I think my favorite one is Skyblinder Staff being paired with any of the five equipment that give Flying. Because Skyblinder Staff says equipped creature gives plus one plus one and can't be blocked by creatures with flying. Oh. <laughs> uh, you nice. know, my, my goal is to make Yoggle just difficult to block or straight up unblockable uh, and hit you with him. And you don't need that many you hits don't. either. Uh, so <laughs> That's on, the beauty of his, it. That's a really good goal. On his base power, yeah. right, he's a 9-3. So three hits, you're dead. Um, if I can pump his power by one on two, one turn two hits? or by two on the second turn, uh, it's it's two hits Wait, and you're, you're out. Liam, Liam, pause. You're 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 thinking EDH Sorry, land. I play with twenty one. I play with twenty one commander damage, but in PDH mm -hmm. it's sixteen commander damage. Two hits. You're right. Two hits. Yep. I, I should work with that uh that that knowledge. So two hits, sixteen damage. So yeah. So 
it really does not take a lot for Yago to walk. Uh, in addition, mm-hmm. uh, I think my favorite part about this deck are two cards: Phyresis and Tainted Strike. Tainted Strike <laughs> just Tainted Strike just does it in and of itself, wow. giving that one power bonus. But Phyresis paired with about any card in the deck uh, just makes Yago lethal. Oh, that's just death. Yeah. And Liam, that's rude. On one swing. D- that is Do rude. Do you think I care? <laughs> if I cared, would I be running these cards? <laughs> Touche. Touche. Um, I'm really glad you brought up the uh, this idea of you know evasion, unblockability, menace, trample, because that's that's the other thing I really want to talk about. Like getting onto your your Voltron commander. The wombat doesn't inherently have any kind of evasion. All he has is vigilance, and vigilance is really right. good if you're going to make a. 20 power creature like making sure that you can also block with it is is pretty important that will that will help keep you alive but more important you need to make sure that it's connecting for the wombat that just looks like trample and giving the wombat trample is really easy because there's a lot of really bad auras that give trample and nothing Mm -hmm. else but when you when you transform those into auras that give trample and plus two plus two now now you're in business like fists of iron what is is probably my favorite it as an that's a great one. as an aura, all it provides is is the trample, but it also gives you two little saplings on ETB, which are, can help protect against edicts. And on the wombat, it also gives plus two plus two. So this is a, a huge investment for two mana. Yeah. So wombat's evasion just looks like trample. Uh, he doesn't have anything fancy like skyblinder staff and flying or lifelink and menace. Hey, trample first strike. Yeah. Nothing. Like kind of the same thing with Killian too. Like the wombat only really gets. Trample in green, even in white and black, Killian really only gets flying. Sometimes it'll get fear. There are some black enchantments or, or spells that will give a creature fear, but neither black or white really mess with trample all that much. Sometimes double strike or first strike, but really the biggest evasion you're going to find is, is is flying. Yeah, and that's on a ton of of white spells, which is a good thing. So it's sort of similar to Rabid Wombat in that respect, and and also the fact that. This deck, outside of maybe some mana rocks, is probably not running a single artifact. It doesn't want any equipment because that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. That's not a spell that targets it. So, um, Some, similar to the wombat again yeah, in that respect. Something we have in common. I like the aspect, or I like the um, the approach you took with Yargle about literally suiting them up with with armor. I hadn't <laughs> ever thought about just loading up, you know, equipment upon equipment. My my eye, my mind always goes to combat tricks and, and enchantments and stuff so it was good to hear a bunch of like that sky blinder equipment thing i'd never heard of that before that's amazing if if we end up doing more of these episodes and we circle back around to another one for voltron i want, uh-huh. I want to tell you about radiant plus arden because <laughs> that's 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 a very equipment flavored one yeah as well but nice that's for another another time yep um, is there anything else we want to add about embiggening? No, I'm I'm pretty embiggened myself. All right. Liam, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. The next thing we need to talk about, the next crucially important aspect of any Voltron deck that you have to attend to very carefully is you have to protect your beautiful baby Wombat from yes. the murders and the victim of knights and the, uh, what's it called? The snuff outs. The snuff outs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, you have to make sure that your, your threat survives this is i think especially important with brad's deck and my deck because the disadvantage you get by playing with all these auras is that if the creature dies the auras go to the graveyard whereas if liam's yargle dies the equipment all stays around and he can recast yeah he can put it somewhere else and then put the equipment back on later like the equipment sticks around the auras do not so that's a that's a threat it's extra important for us to be able to protect the wombat 
and Killian, which is good because in in green and white, we have a lot of ways to protect our uh, our beautiful mm-hmm. baby wombats. For for green, the all star MVPs are Vines of Vastwood and Tamio's safekeeping, yep. uh, with an honorable mention to Ranger's Guile, Sheltering Word, and Snakeskin Veil. Snakeskin Veil is the other really good one. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I was trying to come up yep. with a the terrible Legends one. Um, avoid, avoid fate. fate. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Avoid fate. <laughs> avoid... I do love me some avoid fate. It's a terrible card, avoid but I run amazing. it in the wombat. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So these are all ways to just give your guy like hexproof shroud for a turn. Like it'll it'll dodge removal spells. The wombat kind of doesn't need to be worried about pestilence flavored board wipes because it's probably going to have 16 or 18 toughness and like it's just kind of fine like he'll survive the pestilence yeah all the players will be dead before pestilence kills him (laughs) exactly uh you do have to worry about edict and that (laughs) is where you know your fists of ironwood comes in huge with these two saprlings if someone tries to flashbag marauder you can sack a sapperling. one of my absolute all-time favorite cards from kamigawa is called careful cultivation which has yeah. two modes. You can't. You can choose to play this as an aura on your creature, that gives it, I think, plus one, plus three, and reach, and makes it tap for mana for two green. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super cool on a commander that has vigilance. Um, yeah. <laughs> the other incredibly powerful thing about this card is that you can channel it to create a mana. And you can do yep. that at instant speed in response to a flashback. So if someone is trying... Yeah, that's really good. That's an really uncounterable good. edict fodder. Yeah. it's I, I windmill slammed that card into Rabid Wombat <laughs> so fast I sprained my arm. Um, nice. So that's how I protect my Wombat. Let's, let's switch up the order. Uh, Liam, tell us, how do you protect your frog? All right. So again, diving into why this is a, a, a weird deck. Yolo costs five, man, to start. And I can run all of the rituals I want, but I don't want to be casting this frog for 9-11 mana. And it doesn't take very long till I get there. No, so uh-uh. the reason I run so little like buffing enchantments and, and equipment is because I'm running enchantments that protect him. I'm, I'm looking at the cards sitting here in front of me, and I'm counting nine ways to protect him on board. Because it really is, you know, once I land Yoggle at five mana, I want to protect him. Yeah, that clock's ticking. And the thing is, you know, a lot of these ways cost only one or two mana because I'm not casting Yoggle when I have five mana. I'm casting him when I have six or seven mana so that I can immediately put that protection on him. Yep. Because it, it he really does become a removal magnet. And while he has the perks of being a, a, a black commander and gets around things like Doomblade, uh, he does not get around just edict effect edict effects. Mm-hmm. So to solve that, I have a bunch of other smaller creatures in the deck that also can be my big thing to suit up if they need to be, um, but they can also just be things I sack to edicts. So for those, I have some more infecting creatures, uh, Ica Claw, Flensomite, Plague Stinger. Uh, I have Ginger Brute in here. Um, th- the deck does also have a small artifact sub-theme, so like, some of these cards are going to seem odd, uh, but when you include the artifact sub-theme for things like... Um, crap, what are they called? It's, it's the cranial thing. Cranial plating. Cranial plate? Uh, yeah. Cranial plating. When you account for things like that, they, they do make a little bit more sense. I have also a lot of mana rocks because ramp is important in this deck. Uh, not just one-time rituals. You you want that consistency of, of artifact ramp. So uh, two cards that are in here that actually were recent inclusions because I, I really didn't think about it until I, I sat down and thought about them. Guardian Idol and Fountain of Ica, which 
basically a, a mind stone in a command sphere, but instead of giving me a card, they give me a body, uh, which is important in this deck. Yeah. But yep. but yeah, so so getting uh, more direct onto the, the protection for Yurgle, uh, I'm running things like Soul Channeling, a two and a black enchantment where I can pay two life to regenerate the enchanted creature. That's repeatable regeneration as much as I need as long as I have a life total, uh, which as long as this deck has more than one life, it's ticking. That is something <laughs> my, my EDH playgroup has learned very quickly. <laughs> Blessing of Leeches, two and a black for an aura. I, uh, Blessing of Leeches has Flash. At the beginning of my upkeep, I lose one life. And you pay zero to regenerate the enchanted creature. There is solid staple, staple in this deck, absolutely. Uh, Skeletal Grimace is one of the black for an aura. Uh, the enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has pay a black, regenerate the creature. And then Thrall Retainer, which is a single black enchantment. The target, the, the yeah, target creature. Uh, the enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and I can sacrifice the retainer from my board to regenerate the enchanted creature. I have demonic... Going old Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, I had to dig for some of these. Good old fallen <laughs> empires. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a demonic vigor, which is a black mana for an aura. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and when it dies, I return that card to my hand, so I only have to pay five instead of commander tax. Uh, Shades form, which is one black black, which is when the enchanted creature dies, just return it to play, and it also gives the enchan- enchanted creature black plus one, plus one until end of turn. This card is an all-star in this deck. Because Yargle costs five, and I ramp so hard in the deck, often about mid-game, I have a lot of just excess mana. So there's a couple cards in this deck that kind of play into that bit. Where, like, I don't, you know, I'm not necessarily guaranteed to have that excess mana, but if I have it, it can help me close the game. Drain Life is a good card. I'm running a couple... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm running a couple of the uh, instants here. I've got Rush of Vitality, uh, one in the black. This one does double duty as both a combat trick and a protection spell. Uh, it gives the target creature a plus one plus zero and lifelink and indestructible until end of turn. Undying evil, single black instant, gives so the creature good. undying. And uh, feign death, single black instant, until end of turn. Tug- when uh, target creature dies, when this creature dies, return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control with a one-run counter on it. Uh, I'm running... Started... I-, I know there's a lot of variations of that effect, but I'm running this one specifically because it is only a single black mana. I know there are variations that like have it enter untapped, but they tend to be about two or three mana, even at common. I've started replacing undying evil in my decks with undying malice because undying evil is a really feels bad nonbo with opal palace oh yes yeah, yeah. and and okay. opal palaces in this deck um yeah you should you should and look undying into Undying malice is one mana cheaper it should be right? it should be the same as undying evil i think they, the same? i think they both cost a single black mana but like they, they, okay. oh yeah i was looking at never mind they do the exact same thing except one of them doesn't work if you're if you're Commander already has a counter on it. Okay, so, yeah, uh, I'll probably have to make that replacement yeah. too. I'm looking at it now. I, I recommend it. And then the, the last two things is all of these things are like, you know, the all the enchantments are, you know, uh, uh, you play them before Yoga would get removed. I can't, I, I can't, I'm having trouble with the word um, pre-something, where like you're, you're doing it before Yoga would get removed. Preemptively? Preemptively. <laughs> and then I've Preventative got... Preventative maintenance. Exactly. There, there, you, there go. you go. Preventative maintenance. Um, and then I've got the three instants that, uh, you know, if I, if I need to push the button, it's there. And then I'm running uh, Mortuary Mayo and Witch's Cottage in my land base. I don't hold these in hand. I do play them if I if I draw them. But mm-hmm. they are just nice to have in the deck as, you know, Yoggle cost 11 mana the last time I cast him. He's now in the graveyard. I would like him to not cost 13 mana. <laughs> so I, I have ways to get them. Uh, I have Expedition Map in the deck because, again, artifact theme. I am perfectly fine turn one dropping Expedition Map and not cracking it because Ooh. of the artifact sub theme. I like it. It's a bold <laughs> maneuver. 
Well, I, I play boldly and badly. But yeah. Uh, so what do you got, Brad? How do you protect your Killian? I know I, I was kind of long-winded there. No, no, you're good. Uh, pretty similar to you. Like you said, Dave, a Voltron deck, it, it, pretty dysfunctional if you don't have some way to protect it. So uh, we definitely got to have those in there. And I, I like that all the things you listed for Yargle, I can also cast in, <laughs> uh, in Killian, but all of those will cost one black mana. Yeah. Like, Blessing of Leeches is now a one black Gosh. mana, one pip enchantment. That card being one mana is so uh, good. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Rush of Vitality is one black mana. Like, all these are so good. Apostle's Blessing becomes two life yeah. protected. Benevolent Blessing is a one mana flash that gives you protection oh, from colors. Wow. Shelter, Pintark Ward, Pintark Ward draws a card, comes in, protects it from a color. You know? All these things are just so good when they're as cheap as they can possibly be. Now, you kind of have to be... I was thinking about this, too, because I've run in the, into this problem with 60-card with decks that I've tried to brew, multicolor ones anyway. You kind of have to be strategic with these protection spells because there will be time, especially in a four-player game, you know, it happened a lot in, in 1v1, I can't imagine, in a four-player game, where I'm going to need to give Killian protection against uh, black because that's predominantly the removal color mm -hmm. in pdh and then there's that awkward decision i gotta make you know if he's got two black enchantments on him do i want to slap on a protection from black spell and lose those enchant you know there's there's that sort of balancing game if you will uh, i i think it'll be a little more obvious when i'm in the moment but but there are those decisions you can't just continually slap these you know uh, spells and auras and combat tricks on them if if protection's already there because then you just sort of wasted your whole turn your whole deck your whole strategy yeah. because you like i do i don't read the cards all the time huh. um so that's bound to happen but that's just something definitely to, to keep mindful of quick little sidebar here uh -huh. of all the white protection spells my absolute number one favorite is stave off because it's Beautiful. the only one that doesn't say creature you control like five years ago when my wombat had a reputation at the local game store like stave off was the number one way to shut down the wombat because other people would cast stave off targeting my <laughs> wombat giving it pro green <laughs> all its auras oh would fall off and i would just be attacking with a zero one with vigilance and they'd be like oh i block with lanowar elves your That's commander awful. dies and i'll be like how can you do this to me i thought we That's were amazing yeah. so so it protects your your commander as well as if you happen to be facing another voltron commander yes it shuts them down yes. stave off uh, is that... can be used offensively and it's it's the best. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, I didn't want to try to get pigeonholed into looking for cards with higher than one mana cost just so I could get the reduction because, you know, black and white already have a ton of killer uh, combat spells or instant sorceries that are already like one mana to begin with. Yeah. So were you going to say something a minute ago? Liam? No, no, I was just listening. Oh, okay. But yeah, like I was saying, that shouldn't be bit too big of a deal because, you know, you'll have to stack the deck with some pretty impactful creatures. You know, I... Voltron, yes, focuses on one creature going real big, swinging in, killing your opponents. But I kind of want to take the route where the, the creatures I sprinkle in otherwise are just as uh, threatening or just as impactful to the board. So I'll probably have other creatures I can deal with or move the damage over to them. You know, Gideon's Sacrifice or what have you. Oh, that's clever. Uh, yeah, that's a great one, too. I don't think the protection suite is complete, though, without putting in the flag bearers. Coalition on a guard, standard <laughs> bearer, that sort of thing, just to for that next level of protection for my commander. Even if you could put on like a, you know, you're playing against your opponents are on black and you can put, I don't know, protection from black on 
your standard bearer, you know, he's going to live for a while, I think. Maybe. But then two, there's some totem armors we can look at. Mammoth Umbra comes to mind. That one gives. It's four and a white for three, three and vigilance. And it's a totem armor. But with Killian, it costs two and a white. That's that's amazing. It's a a really good card for three mana. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. And then two, like there's some regeneration spells. The one that really caught my eye was uh, Dark Dabbling. It's two generic and a black for an instant regenerate target creature and you draw a card. And it has spell mastery. So if there's two or more instants or sorceries in your graveyard, you also regenerate each other creature you control. So for one black mana, you just regenerated your whole board and drew a card. I don't know that it gets better than that. It can be extremely (laughs) powerful. In Dreamland. Yeah, exactly. In Magical Christmas Land, it's it's amazing. Does regeneration protects against pestilence, right? Uh, Like I'm doing that in my head? Because it's the damage being removed. Okay. So like... It depends on the toughness of the thing. If yeah, you're trying, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if Pestilence has been activated four times and you have a one butt, you have to regenerate it four times. Uh, yes, but... Yeah, like, you got to match the but like, It's different. If everything on the board had a, a toughness of three and you activated Pestilence three times, you could save your board. Yes. I'm, 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 okay, yeah. Yes. Yep. You can regenerate the, through yep. that. Yeah. I know I'm the judge, but I mean, regenerate makes my head hurt. <laughs> it's, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the example I think you're really looking for is Crypt Rats. Yeah. You can, no, Crypt, <laughs> Crypt Rats, Rats yeah. is a single activation for X. Unless someone decides to do stack, you know, five different activations for one. But yeah, yeah, if they're doing a single activation for five, then you can regenerate your whole board through the whole Crypt Rats, and it's very strong. Yeah, but yeah, basically, white and black have a million different ways to protect their creature. White is straight up protection. Black is all the things that Liam mentioned, where it can bounce it back to your hand, bring it back from the graveyard if it dies this turn, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Excellent. So yeah, I think between the the pump spells and the protection spells, it'll be a pretty uh, pretty even race to see which ones make it in the deck. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, uh, it's gonna be a threatening. Killian. I hope so. What do we got next on our list? I believe... Next on the list of... Oh, go ahead. I, said, I believe it is card advantage. Yeah, tell me about card Ooh, advantage. I believe you are right. Alright, I guess I'll go first this time. So with card advantage, uh, you know, playing mono black, it I'll, I'll be honest, it, it kind of sucks. There is no real great way to put that. Uh, so you, you have to get creative with it. As I was saying earlier, I have the, the two cards that are usually mana rocks that I can animate into creatures turn, turn, turn and turn again, which tends to be helpful for, for my body count. That's not how I, I want to say that at all. Can you, can you <laughs> fix that in editing? <laughs> <laughs> He can, but he won't. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, so, so it helps for my creature count, and then you get the advantage some other ways. So, buffing the power. We we kind of talked about Opal Palace. Uh, I also love Forge of Heroes. Kind of getting those counters on the creature, just extra effects, kind of stapled onto random cards throughout the deck. Is kind of how I do that. Hmm. The one thing that Black does have is that that short. Uh, I- impulse draw, where you you draw two or three cards off a single spell, and I am running quite a number of those. I'm running Blood Pact, uh, Sign and Blood, Knight's Whisper, Pointed Discussion, Foreboding Fruit, and Read the Bones. Those tend to be pretty good. There are the occasional games where like I I, I start running out of cards. I'm running the three cycling lands that are in the the color. The colors, mm-hmm. not not Ash Barons, but the other three. Uh, I think it's uh, Desert of the Glorified, Baron Moor, and Polluted Mire. But yeah, I, I mean, just just effects where I can pull other cards out of the deck. I think I know Terramorphic Expanse is in the deck. I'm unclear if Evolving Wilds is in, just because it, it helps shuffle, it helps get things out of the deck. Uh, there are random spells yeah. in here that can trip, but yeah, like it, it really is like get it where you can get it. I, I typically think of Black as one of the good card advantage colors, just because it has such a high density of the Knights Whispers and the Sign and Blood and the read the bones and a lot of those are really incredible cards yeah i mean but, uh yeah 
I, I'm, I'm running, outside of that. I, I'm running six of those effects, but there isn't much yeah. room to put any more in. Like, I know there are more right. that exist, but the well, curve of the deck is so awkward, it just doesn't support too many of them. Right, right. So, yeah, looking outside right. of that to get, like, multiple effects off of a single card, like, you know, Opal Palace is the land and a creature buff. Like, that's a good way to, mm -hmm. to, to plan your card advantage in a monocolor. Yep, I like to I like nice. to make sure my cards can do multiple things. Yeah, yeah, that's very important in monocolored deck. That's usually the approach I take for Selesnya card advantage. Yeah, like yeah. I know I'm not going to draw cards ever. Like the, <laughs> the number of cards in green and white that say draw multiple cards is like I think there's exactly <laughs> one of those, and it's terrible. So like uh -huh. you know, it's just yeah. But how about you, Brad? How do you do that? How do you get those cards into your hand? Well, I think with Black White, a lot of that is going to be what you said. A lot of the Knight's Whispers, Sign in Bloods, uh, Read the Bones, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Because uh, those are just staples in any any black deck, any deck that runs swamps, really. I like, is it Pointed Discussion is another one, I yep, think? Yep, I have Pointed or Discussion. Crushing, crushing Disappointment. I like Ooh, that. Oh, that, so that one has Killian in its art. Flavor I know, right? That's good. <laughs> Beautiful. So it's all coming together. Uh, but yeah, and then White has a handful of like combat tricks that will draw you a card or, or let you scry that sort of thing but i so i think and it's not totally reliable sure black has really good card draw spells siphon mine that sort of thing i i think the route i want to go with my voltron is more of the sort of grindy route where i'm not so much it's more virtual card advantage where i'm denying resources as opposed to drawing a bunch of cards ah, if that makes sense clever um you know a card like aspect of lamprey is three oh. and a black. Oh, wow. Your I love creature that Creature you control gets lifelink <laughs> and, and an opponent discards two cards. Well, that's one and a black yeah. now. Like, that's amazing. You give, give Killian lifelink. He's already huge. And you made somebody discard two cards. There's one of those so with regenerated as well, right? Um, strands of Night? It is Strands of Undeath. Strands I got that of Undeath, one too. It's yeah. three and a black. And you pay a black to regenerate the creature. And when it comes into play, target player discards two cards. Well, that becomes one and a black. So, so good. <laughs> Apparently Brad's... Yeah, these can really ramp up. Even, even a card like... Um, dying whale from urza's destiny <laughs> one in a black and it, it's an enchantment that says when enchanted creature is put into a graveyard from play any creature or, or you know it could you can enchant any creature with this and when that creature is put into a graveyard target player chooses and discards two cards from his or her hand savage so right there if it, you know if you know a creature is going to die that turn boom you hit somebody with some discard spell and then sort of on the um flip side of that too is i looked at this one um which I thought was really good is casting of bones. Uh -huh. It's two in a black, two in a black for an enchant creature. When the enchanted creature dies, you draw three cards and you discard one yeah. of them. I love casting of bones. For one, for one black, you get a almost ancestral recall. Ca casting of bones <laughs> is in. Uh, That's amazing. My my old deck, but my uh, currently my fiance's deck because she refused to let me get rid of it. It's god awful. Hmm. Okay. It is in. But yeah, when when stuff like that becomes one mana, I mean, that seems really yeah. good, right? Yeah. What, what deck is it in? Uh, it's in my mono black enchantress Ephemia deck. And if you don't know who Ephemia is, I do not blame you. It's a. I think it's one of the black for a two one. Might be a one one. Uh, legendary enchantment creature Herbie from Theros Beyond Death. Ah. Huh. And oh gosh, she's she's got flying. And I I know it's an end step trick, but at the beginning of your end step. You can exile an enchantment from your graveyard, and if you do, you make a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Um, I think that's all she does. I, there might be another line of text, but I'm not entirely oh, sure. Wow. This, this was done as a bet within the group. Uh, we all had to make a $10 budget 
mono black deck out of cards from our local lgs and and she refused to let me get rid of it because she likes the way the commander looks and i'm just like what are you talking about (laughs) for sure Uh, hey that works but it's casting of bones was i i read that card and i was like what is this I know Cast it's hilarious. Bones is amazing. I've got it in a couple I know, right? of decks. Um, yep. One of the one of the things. But yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead. No, that's. I was pretty much just going to wrap it up. But yeah, that's pretty much it. You with white and black specifically, you just sort of draw cards in little bitty chunks or one at a time. So you got to kind of be creative with that. There are some other auras like Hobble, Grizzly Transformation, those sort of things that become one mana and draw you a card. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you just kind of have to be creative with it, and then. Today, someone on Twitter brought up Remove Enchantment. Yes. The also Legends card that if I ever need cards to cast, I can just get all 30 of them back into my hand. (laughs) Yeah, that's good stuff. But yeah, anything like Oromancer, Monk Idealist, that sort of thing for recursion, you know, getting back from the graveyard. Well, so I could see Remove Enchantments being good to kind of buy back all your enchantments if your commander gets removed. But like, do you have Enchantress effects that would benefit from you recasting all your auras or would it just be better to just leave them where they are honestly probably better because yeah. i don't have like, any, i mean, I, mean well, I don't have the deck officially built but i don't think there's going to be anything yeah. in there that really cares about constellation or i'm just trying to think like like in like reality like buying back say three enchantments off your commander and replaying them versus playing nothing with an empty hand or okay, virtually the same thing was, hold on I was more specifically Con- thinking about like the the auras that can trip. Okay. Con- consider okay, got one buying for- back three enchantments. If those three enchantments are Strands of Undeath, Aspect of Lamprey, and <laughs> Twisted Embrace. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying like like if his like, hand is going to die, of course it makes sense. Yeah. But like, but I mean, just to do it on a turn just because like it seems weird. Right. And then two, you know, that's there's a lot of those good enchantments in black, and then white has. You could also go the board control yeah. route with all the white stuff that taps creatures. You know, like Repel the Darkness yeah. suddenly becomes one mana, tap two creatures and draw a card. If instead yeah. of instead of that seems Killian good. Voltron, if you just went Killian Control and ran every pacifism ever, kind of yeah. <laughs> could replay all the past physics (laughs) and there is it's a terrible card but it's i think it's also from theros beyond death it's pious wayfarer it's like a one two for a single white or something when an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control target creature gets plus one plus one till the end of turn like oh yeah i wouldn't it's really bad but it's no it's enticing but it's yeah i would i would consider remove enchantments if i had enough of the things that had a really good etp effect yeah for sure Uh, stapled to themselves not I wouldn't rely mm-hmm. on outside cards for that ETB effect, but like the you know the the or I guess the strands of knights and the aspect of lamprey. Yeah, does, does remove enchantments hit? Does remove enchantments also bounce enchantment creatures? It should. Uh, enchantments. Right. I think it's target creature and each aura you control that's attached to it. Which they would be I, auras I, if they're attached to Killian. Yeah. Cool. Um. So yeah, the the only other thing I want to add to Killian is that my my favorite white card advantage card is Survival mm-hmm. Cash because yes. it's pretty much always three mana gain four life draw two cards which is pretty good rate uh and oh yeah especially with rebound yeah Mm -hmm. and like i think a lot of people sort of undervalue it because they're like what if someone has more life than me that doesn't matter yeah one player can have more life than you that's fine the only way it doesn't draw you a card is if all of your opponents have more life than you yeah, and I can't exactly. imagine that happening in a Killian deck. Like you're, <laughs> right, you're, right, you're exactly. going to be, you might not be on top, but you're never going to be on the bottom. So and see, normally too, a card like that being three mana, it's not a huge effect. I mean, it's a decent with the rebound and stuff. So you almost like you don't want to play it in every deck that has white, almost you know, because it sometimes can take up your curve spot or whatever. Yeah. But with 
everything else in the Killian deck being so much cheaper, yeah. this just fits, you know, what's three mana for this? It's not a big, it feels like you're stealing. I still. like the uh, the category of cards that Survival Cash falls into where it's like, this card is objectively bad, except in these two decks. Like, I look yeah. at Survival Cash and like, <laughs> Killian, check. Vega, check. Exactly. I'm yep. drawing black. Fusion. <laughs> Fusion, check. Yeah. Yeah. After that, you're like, yeah, unless you're looking to really trigger yeah, that I life mean, game. Even stuff like like acrobatic maneuver becomes one mana. Oh, Draw yeah. a card, bounce a creature. And if you've got Tethmos High Priest on board, you're just reanimating stuff over and over, drawing cards. Like, yeah. It's awesome. It's good stuff. Anyway, did we do the card advantage for the Wombat? We, no, we, we skipped the Wombat. Um. Oh, well, oh, no. I mean, wombat. let me tell you a little bit. Card advantage for the Wombat <laughs> is going to be a little different because uh, green doesn't have the raw draw, draw power that black does. Correct. So the, the it, I, I have no sign in bloods. I have no Knight's Whispers. I have no Read the Bones. I definitely don't have Casting of the Bones, which makes me really sad because I would windmill slam that in. Absolutely. What I do have instead are cards that dig really efficient. So things like Commune with the Gods. It's it It's not going to... It's not card positive because you you spend a card from your hand to cast it and it only puts one card in your hand but it is card mm -hmm. selection so it makes sure that the card it replaces itself with is going to be the best aura from the top five cards of your deck which is powerful uh there's one that can go card positive here it's called uh something of crufix or crufix's insight crufix's insight that's it that's it yeah um crufix's insight it will give you three enchantments from the top six cards which mm -hmm. uh you're usually going to hit all three of those which is kind of crazy aside from that you're you're really just trying to use cards that can reuse themselves as Liam described, things like, you know, Rancor. Uh, we, we mentioned that the, the, the Wombat's big fragility is that if it dies, you, your your auras go away. Rancor doesn't go away. Fortitude right. doesn't go away. Things like Fastwood something. There's a couple green auras that let them... Vines of Fastwood? Not not Vines. That's the protection piece. Some uh, some vi Vine Weft? I think it's called oh, Vine Weft. Like a card. I think, it's, I think it's a one mana aura for plus one plus one that you can spend five mana to put it, it from your graveyard into your hand. So, yep. like, this isn't real card advantage. It's just some Something that is reusable if the unthinkable it's just resources. Happens. Yeah, yeah, it's very toolboxy. Yeah, you brought up Rancor. That that reminded me that um, in Killian in white we also have Brilliant Halo, which yeah, is, I guess yeah. is the white version of it. Yeah. So basically, for a single white, you know, if it die, if that card we put in your graveyard, you put it back in your hand. So you also I didn't have... mean to interrupt, but that just occurred to me. No, you also have uh, Cessation and uh Sleeper's Guile and Melancholy. There's a uh, there's two cycles of Rancor cards. Oh, two... I guess I've never looked that deep into them. Yeah, green green has rancor, which is you know plus two plus one and trample for one mana. It also has fortitude, which is regenerate by sacrificing a forest, which is pretty powerful. But yeah, so we're we're gonna reuse some cards, and then the last tiny little bit of card advantage I try to eke out of this deck is cantrips, like you guys said. There's a card called like frog tongue, which is categorically mm -hmm. awful. It's like a two mana <laughs> enchantment that gives the creature reach. It does draw a card on ETB, so it's replacing itself. And at that, it's still not worth two mana, not even a little bit. But right. it's also giving your commander plus two, plus two. Then it becomes worth the two mana investment you're going to pay for it in the Wombat. So uh, this is how I attempt to keep my hand full. It doesn't always work. Wombat can get kind of dodgy sometimes, but uh, it's usually enough. You, you don't need a ton of enchantments to make the Wombat a fatal encounter. So yeah. Now with um, even though you're in mono green, would you run a card like uh, abundant growth that cantrips, or there's another one that you sacrifice to draw a card, but uh, like the land enchantments that draw a card when they ETB? I don't run that. I think the the land enchantment that draws a card is only fixing. Like if the, if there was a wild growth that was a uh, like ramp that drew you a card, I would run that. 
I think I think okay. the only one of those that cantrips, it doesn't make the land produce additional mana. It just makes the right. land produce any color of mana. So Right. Yeah, I just didn't know if you use them strictly for the cantripping aspect of it. No, I don't currently have any of those in the but deck. That doesn't seem no. to make a lot of sense though. But yeah. I think things that I can attach to the wombat that will cantrip and be bad except for they give him plus two plus two <laughs> those guys i run uh things that attach okay. to lands i try to avoid makes sense to me mm-hmm. i'd like to see that big angry wombat he's a he's a big womber <laughs> awesome yeah and i think the sort of the last little bullet point here we wanted to get to on this particular voltron breakdown was how do you control the deck or how do you control the game how do you control your opponents when it comes to playing your deck like what are you gonna do that keeps you alive. I think that's where we're going to go next, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of that control aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely want to hear what Yargle does for control. What does Yargle do to the opponents, Liam? Yargle runs a grand total of seven removal spells. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's where the board Excellent. control ends. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Y- y- you know, Mono Black, y- you have the removal spells. His nine power is the removal yeah, his, his, That's yeah, the removal. Yeah, the, remo- the real <laughs> yeah. removal in this deck is protecting Yargle and removing players. I can do that, you know, a variety of ways we've discussed. Uh, I've got Infect, I've got Commander damage. I have regular damage from other sources, but like, yeah, I, I don't really have a way to control the board at large. I, I do not run Pestilence, and I do not run Crypt Rats. And as blasphemous as that sounds, the reasoning behind it is my Commander's toughness is three. <laughs> yeah. and really yeah, it's a little like, sketchy. while his power can get up to 15 16 his toughness doesn't really go beyond five so it just doesn't seem worth it to run those effects when my commander almost always is going to die uh so i look to to other more effective forms i do run a flashbag marauder in here mm-hmm. because you know edict effects are good it stops other voltron players yep. uh and then when i play that flashbag we're gonna race and i'm ideally <laughs> going to win that race yeah, it, what, it's weird to think that a that a a five mana nine power you know giant vanilla creature wants to race, yeah. but he really kind of yeah. does. Um, and then I've got the classics. I've got murder. I've got cast down. I've got doom blade. I have defile, which is uh, a recent addition uh, because I completely missed this card two years ago. I have feed the swarm, and then I have uh, everyone's favorite enchantment, Oubliette. Oof, beautiful. And that's where my removal stops. I I, I have no other way to remove a thing other than beating face yeah other than you know killing the player yeah that's it yep short and sweet and simple i want to i want to talk about the wombat next because the wombat is going to be absolutely like wombat control is going to be another like disappointing like 30 seconds discussion (laughs) disappointing i want to i want to end this on the beautiful wildly powerful high note that is killian's control suite all right so First, let's talk about Wombat. Because my card advantage suite is so thoroughly embedded in getting enchantments into my hand, I've tried to make sure that my control suite is sort of the same, and it's all very enchantment-based, so that, you know, if I'm if I'm trying to find an answer with a card like Crufix's Insight or Commune with Nature, I can find that answer. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to look at the top five cards and see, like, Pounce and be like, man, that would be cool. And then put it on the bottom because I can only get an enchantment. <laughs> right. I want to get things that are they're going to be enchantments that I can put into my hand. So my control suite looks like Artouche of Strength, which okay. is uh, an aura that gives me a fight effect. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a second one of those Warbriars something. Oh, it's a, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. 
It's it's just a, a kind of a sad power toughness boost aura that also gives you a fight effect on ETB. But mm-hmm. again, on the Wombat, a plus two plus two makes it a really impressive power toughness boost with a fight effect. My favorite control piece in Wombat is Roots from Homelands. <laughs> it's just a four. Just roots? It's just called Roots. <laughs> It's a, oh, yep, there it is, Roots. It was in Eternal Masters. Master, yep, okay. It's just a four mana, tap a creature, doesn't untap. I think it only targets things that don't fly, but that's fine. Yes. And then uh, Lignify is the other one. Ah. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. So I, I also have pretty limited options. I, I don't know if I have more or less than seven. It's probably about seven-ish, but it's, a it's again, it's a very limited suite. My plan with the Wombat is to not really control the board, is just to race the board. If I think someone is threatening me, I will attack them with a 13 power wombat until they're dead. Yeah, I mean, solid. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I would like to see that. Not coming at me. But, you know, <laughs> as, a spe- as a spectator, I would like to see that. For sure. Okay, but, moment of truth. Tell us moment of truth. Tell us about Killian. How does how what's Ki- what's Killian gonna do? Control the board. He's gonna do everything. Like this is <laughs> it, it. Just like the more I was theorizing this deck, that like the juicier it became. To steal a, a PDH pal's term, it was very <laughs> juicy. And I want to kind of go back and 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 give a big thanks to every single limited environment ever because <laughs> that that three mana spot is where we find like the majority of the removal at common, and it's all amazing for one yeah. mana. Like afterlife, complete disregard, Obnixilis's cruelty. Dark Banishing, Exile, Kill Shot. These are all, with Killian on the board, these are all one mana, semi-unconditional, just removal spells. That's so, so gross. You know, Journey to, so, Journey to Nowhere, Cast Down, Doomblade, all that stuff. Like a single pip, is done. Killian... I'm not sure Journey Start works. Oh, because oh, it enters the battlefield. Yeah, the, I always the ability targets, Good. not the spell. Yep. Good call. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is when I play against Killian, is just kill him. And then your deck is full <laughs> of terrible three drops. Yeah, like when you look at him, okay. you're like, okay, he's a white, black, okay, he's 2-2, two, two, this and that. But he's like an instant threat, I think. Yeah. You say kill him, but I mean, best I can do is roots. <laughs> like, I, best I can do is... <laughs> hey, hey, Brad, how easily can you remove an oubliette? <laughs> uh, uh, can I? Yeah. In Wombat? No, no. How, uh, how easily can Brad do it in Killian? Oh, I mean, I assume very easily. He's in white. Uh, yeah, I think white's like probably the the first best. Color oh, that's of true. White, you have white. Right? I thought I was thinking green and blue for whatever reason. No, 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 uh-uh. no. I can I can color pie. I promise. But yeah, literally, like I think the hard part will be cutting down to to a certain amount of. Uh, removal spells because every one of them is just just cut all the enchantment like busted (laughs) for one mana one or two mana like there's there's some that are like four five six mana that have one or two extra effects after you destroy the creature that it just it gets wild after that but yeah those are just the handful that you can cast as early as like turn three after you get killian out and just start wrecking stuff like imagine like turn two killian turn three you can destroy three creatures yeah three different spells like that's wild to me i haven't even played the wombat by turn three like what are you destroying (laughs) well he's ready for you i've played played my commander and wiped the board with three spells no no, see gross see brad you know plays land on turn three and passes Dave starts turn four, plays Wombat, Brad killed it, right? That's how that, that's how that goes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. Okay, yeah, good to know. Because I'm like you, I, I would... I wouldn't cast Killian until probably turn three or four just to make sure I could protect him yeah. right away. I'm ter- but yeah, there's, I don't know that there's so much a removal suite that goes into Killian as much as which ones do you like better? Right. they're all really the good. The ones I own. Yeah. Because all the, all the expensive ones that exile, those are usually three to four mana. Now they're one to two mana. Like, just amazing. Mm. Yeah, Killian's... 
Killian's removal suite. And I, I, that's one of the things that really fascinates me about Killian as a commander is that it's at this perfect intersection between Voltroning himself and just being the spot removal king of everything. So like, yeah, he's got, right? yeah. And it's good. No, it just, he's got this variety. He's got this, the, he's got power in, in all of these spheres at once. So um, if we can bring back what Dallas was talking about last week about like, yeah, following the paths and like mm -hmm. seeing where these paths go and how far down each path do you want to go and like, Maybe you can find a place where these paths intersect. Uh, yeah, going to be good. Yeah, Killian's paths intersect at yeah Control and Voltron, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's a few a few paths or a few avenues you could take a Killian deck down, but I think uh, Voltron and or like really hard control or probably what it's built for. Yeah, probably some combination of those so that you can get both at once. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm going to try to build. Yeah, I mean, st stuff like Twisted Embrace just seems so out of hand in that deck. Yeah, and that's the only... Yeah, it really does. And that's one reason that I need to find some good... I went deep on these like card draw spells or enchantments just because I had the fear of casting Killian on turn three, holding up protection. Turn four comes around, I empty my hand, yeah. and I'm just sitting there doing nothing, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep. So yeah. that is something to be concerned about. But I think as long as I've got enough black card draw in there, it should be okay. Yeah, yeah. Black, black's pretty good at refilling your hand. Because i got to remember, it's not it, it's Voltron. It's not heroic. Like, Killian doesn't care when I cast the spells or who I target. Right. He just cares that I cast spells. So, yep. like, with heroic, you know, you want to try to go as quick and fast as possible before they have a chance to really regroup or get rid of your creatures or whatever. Killian doesn't really care as long as as long as you're doing what he asks you to do. For sure. But yeah, twi Twisted Embrace would be really good. I love Twisted Embrace. It's got such a Some cool of the, um, too. All, the, the impetuses... Oh yeah, Baldur's Gate get like super cheap. Yeah, that's so good. That's that's the intersect. That's where these paths cross. That's where you find a spell where you're you're super happy casting this on Killian to just have an enormous beater, and you're happy casting it on someone else's spell to control them into attacking your opponents. And both of those things are going to be discounted by Killian. That's yeah, we found it. That's where the paths cross. We got there. Yep, we nailed it. Good. Put up a signpost. <laughs> it's the impetuses. It was the impetuses all along. It was. It really was. It always has been. Uh, I th I think that just about wraps up our Voltron deck discussion. So uh, vote now with your phones. Who would win? Yeah, Kill vote now with your phones. K Killian versus Wombat versus Yargle. And uh, I think that's... I Well... I should say I'm out of things to say about the wombat. Yeah, I could I could probably go on forever about stupid Killian, <laughs> um, but I won't. That that's a whole Brad loves Orzov podcast. That's something. I'm <laughs> that's another. It's a different project. That's, that's the next episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Discord, whatever you want. Tell us what archetypes you really love. What archetypes maybe even that you have trouble or difficulties brewing. Maybe we can sort of do this same approach and sort of dissect those, and you can hear what what our takes would be. If you like this sort of thing, that'd be great. Hit us up. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love some feedback on this because we are. This is extremely experimental, and we we have ideas. Yeah, it's a hell do, of an idea to do more of these. But if you hate them, we will not do that. So yeah, let us know. Yeah. Quick reminder: if you love it, message me. If you hate <laughs> yeah, <right>. it, <laughs> message Dave. It's exactly. Yeah. And like you were like you were talking about the paths. Like these these episodes sort of. This is the intersection of deck tech and you know deck building and sort of theorizing all at once too. Exactly. So it was a great idea. Mr. Alcadron. <laughs> it's like maybe 30% my idea. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, did you have um, 
Does Yargle want to leave us with any any parting words on his deck? No. Is Liam muted? Sorry, I, I cut out there for a second. Did you say something to oh. me? <laughs> uh, I asked if, if Yargle had anything left to say. No, Yargle's got nothing left. Beautiful. And I remember when you, you tweeted something about the Yargle deck like a year ago. And you're like, I just swept the EDH table with Yargle. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Because... Uh, like, that's amazing. Yeah, because Yargle like, does... You know, this was before my friends knew what this deck did. And now they, they hate it out of games, which is hilarious because three EDH decks paired up against one... One PDH deck, it doesn't last very long. But like it, it, it flew under the radar, and uh, one card in the end won it for me. It's a card called Night Haze. Don't know if y'all know what it does, but it is a single. I have heard of a it. Single black instant from Rise of the Eldrazi. It cantrips, so it draws you turn, and it gives the target creature Swamp Walk. <laughs> it is a sorcery. <laughs> However, when you Beautiful. have, I think it was like a twenty-five. Like six, Yorgle with Swamp Walk. There's not much you can do nice. about that. Um, no, you just you just have to scoop your. Yeah, it was enough. it was it was a little brutal. Um, they you know the game had gone on forever. Got down to one v one, and I we like he was sitting there drawing lands, swinging at me, and I can't remember what it was that I had. I, Yorgle had lifelink earlier in the game, and I had sitting like sixty life because you know I was I was doing nothing, so I was just like. I was like, oh, I can't do anything swinging Yoggle into, like, one ones that can absolutely block him gaining, you know, five, six life a time. Um, so, like, I'm sitting there, like, playing off that I can't do anything, and then people get eliminated. It was a whole mess, but yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. It sounds amazing. Sounds like a good time. My, yeah, it does sound like a good time. My my weird Wombat trivia is that I, I this is one of the first decks I built in, like, 2014, 2015, when, when I was still very mm-hmm. active in the local, local scene. Mm-hmm. It became one of the favorites to get passed around, and, and people People loved it. People loved borrowing it and playing with it. And uh, a dear friend of mine loved it so much that he, uh, a, a couple of years later, he ended up having to move away. And like, I, I definitely wasn't going to see him for a long time. So I just gave him the whole deck. I was like, you keep Aww. the rabbit wombat. And like, I, I rebuilt it from whatever I had. I, I don't know if I rebuilt it worse or better. I have no record of the original list. But yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage, if you're listening, this one's for you. My friend was Macho Man Randy Savage. What? Yeah. Like the? No, it's a different kind of okay. Randy Savage. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. back up. That's a whole, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> which, uh, which? So there was three paper prints of the Wombat. Which one did you have at the helm? Legends. Oh, it's got to be Legends. Oh, yeah, it's got to Le- be Legends. Legends is far away the ugliest and therefore the most beautiful. It is. That's right. Absolutely right. You might pull one. Hey, you could pull one now in the Dominaria Collector Booster Expansion packs. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Yeah, you just gotta. You gotta appreciate that this is this is word for word literal the text of the wombat. Wombat gains plus two plus two for each creature enchantment on it. Attacking does not cause rabid wombat to tap. Like <laughs> God bless nineteen ninety four. I know, <laughs> like, right? Great angry animal with very vanilla worded yes great yeah all right well we don't have any listener questions this week mainly because i forgot to ask but i'll make sure to do that for next week uh, and then just a few more things before we wrap it up if you need any more popper commander talk or like dave was asking if you want some if we if you want to give us some feedback on this topic or an idea for a future show in this sort of same vein this same structure uh, you can just email us at the show at pdhpod the pdhpod at gmail.com you can head on over to pdh Homebase's website or discord dave's always in there i usually pop in and out uh, you can find liam and i on twitter liam or i on twitter at popper command and popper underscore b and then you can find dave as alcadron just about anywhere else pdh is being talked about and i'll drop all those links down in the details all that good stuff and then one last call for anything that we might have missed 
What do you got? Anything? I got nothing. I got nothing. All right. As episode 11 of the PDH pod comes to a close, we'd like to give a big thanks again to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, play some games, and we'll see you in about a week. Peace. Cheers. See ya. I brought pump text at the party. Pump. I brought pump text at the party.